For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello to everyone tuning in. Most of you are familiar with Celtics Life, but if not, here's a quick rundown. We're a Boston Celtics fan site that covers everything Celtics from the latest trade rumors, that other trade rumor, the Nets pick, and how exactly Danny Ainge got his free Chipotle for life card. Honestly, no one actually knows. The pod covers all of the same topics our site does, but a little more freely and from a weekly point of view. The best part of it all is that we're talking about it from a fan's perspective. We'll cover last week's games and major stories, as well as a look into the week ahead. We'll change things up as the show evolves, so let us know if if you want to hear something, if something comes to mind. I'm Topher Lane, here with Mark Allison. Mark, how was your week? Pretty good, my man. Pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, pretty good. It's been busy, and it's been a great week. Uh, well, I should say it was started off pretty badly for Celtics fans. We'll kind of jump into last week's games. Started off with a West Coast road trip in Sacramento, and uh, you described it to me as a dumpster fire when I was asking if I should rewatch it. Yeah, I don't even know if that does it justice. I mean, that was... Uh, that was- absolutely awful um sacramento in sacramento but no dmc no boogie cousins and uh it was i mean it was it was bad it was it was probably the worst game they played all year i was like optimistic going into that i was right when uh demarcus cousins got that suspension for the one game i like tweeted like well there's nobody the celtics should be worried about yeah i know (laughs) like everyone like Darren Collison put up 26, Ben McElmore put up 17, even Willie Colley Stein was lighting it up, and he's not a guy that you think of for. for stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, it would. That was. Uh, um, I, I mean, Matt Barnes had 11 rebounds. I mean, that just goes. To show, I mean, what what happened in that game? Um, and and we had Crowder. That was the, that was the last game that we've had Crowder in this whole trip. Um, he's he's been out with the you know, uh, family issue, which I'm not even sure what, what that is. I haven't really looked into it, but, um, but he played really poorly in that game. Um, he, he had four points on zero for six from the field. Uh, so, uh, I, what did they shoot? 40%. It seemed a lot worse than that. You know, they last were, they, 39. 39. It, it, seemed, <laughs> it seemed much worse than that. I mean, I watching it it's, it was bad. Yeah. When was the last time that the Celtics lost by, double digits was it washington back in in uh yeah when we got the the uh the funeral game there that Mm -hmm. i think that was the last time um they uh yeah they just got totally washed and they didn't even get murdered on the boards or anything you know it was 40 to 39 on the on the boards i mean the turnovers were pretty close i think it was like what was it 17 to 14 not not awful you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah just uh i just they just you know just didn't look good at all it looks like that's our second double digit loss since november wow that's that's pretty wild comes to the hands of a starless sacramento team yeah ben mclemore seven for 12 ben mclemore <laughs> crazy 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 yeah. and so i mean so marcus smart comes out this was isaiah's probably worst fourth quarter since like 
January 1st. I, I don't even know. Probably since like he came back from that injury in December. Right. Uh, Marcus Smart comes out and says, you know, we have to step up when, when Isaiah can't hit those shots. Uh, what, what was kind of the keys for you of, of why Boston lost this game? Do you think there was a, a simple, so like, do you think there's something that we could point to that says why Sacramento came out so strong? Uh, I, 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 they just, I mean, they shot the ball poorly and they, they just, I mean, they, uh, I don't even know. It was like Sacramento just played a really, a really good team game, you know, um, mm-hmm. They were moving the ball well. I mean, watching the ball, and then they shot 50%, which is, for a team, that's really good, you know. Um, but it, it, it was um, – and I, I was going into this game, like, salivating the matchup. You know, this is Isaiah going against Darren Collison, essentially the guy that the Kings had t- chosen over him, you know, when they were both there. And um, and, and he just, you know, he, I mean, he didn't play very well, and nobody picked up the slack, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean the Kings have actually been playing well against top tier opponents. Right. So like they they taken down the Warriors, I think earlier or the week prior, and uh, the Cavs in near the end of January. So they've been taking out top teams, and they're they're struggling against kind of the middling teams. But for some reason, you know the the Kings had our number going into that game. Yeah, and I mean, and they're not a terrible team. I mean, they're, they're only a couple of games out of the out of the playoff race right now, as, as really? far as I know. Um, let me see, I let me see what that is, but I, I'm they're pretty, pretty, pretty close. And I mean, and granted, oh, wow. the the eighth seed in the West is uh, 24 and 30. Um, um, no, what what is the West? End? What is it? Hold on. Yes, yeah, the Nuggets. The 24 right? and 30 Nuggets team, right? That that just that just made the deal today for. Uh, <laughs> for Mason Plumley, he's a huge upgrade there, so they can get swept in the first round. It made no sense at all, but we can get to that later. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the Kings, Kings are they're, doing better than I guess. Well, I two mean, games back from the eighth seed in the West. You know, I mean, they're twenty-two and thirty-two, which isn't obviously good, but you know, they, uh, they might they could make the playoffs. <laughs> I always think of that roster though as they should be, you know, at least a forty-win. Team. Yeah, I mean they've got they've got some good players. Darren Collison's a good player. Um, you know, obviously DMC is I he's one of the top ten players in the league, if you ask me. Best center. Yeah, definitely. Um I mean, he's a guy you can build a team around. Mm-hmm. A total, total anchor. Um but yeah, that's uh yeah, that, that but that was I mean, without him in the game, there's no way that you know we should be losing that game by double digit points. You know, it, it would be one thing if you told me that we were going to come in, you know, close game. It's on the road. Everybody has bad nights of, you know, sure. Anybody can beat anybody, but I mean, that's, that was pretty bad. Yeah. Well, so West coast trip continues. We, uh, head North to Portland. Uh, like I said, Marcus smart says, you know, someone's got to step up for Isaiah when he can't score in the fourth. Right. And he did exactly that he, against Portland. He probably had one of his best games of the year. Yeah, I mean that one of his probably best all-around games. Period. I mean, it, it was it, it was really, really, really fun to watch game. I mean, it actually started off, and they still had the hangover from the night before because they played awful in the first quarter. But like midway through the second, they turned it on, you know, and um, it, a lot of hustle plays, and and he was the catalyst, especially at the end of the game. I mean, there was one possession where he stole a ball. They came down the other end. Um, Horford missed the missed a jump shot. Smart puts it back in, and then 
come they come back down the other end and you know they get a big huge defensive stop on the other end it, it was just like he, he was all over the place mm-hmm. yeah and he was i mean he wasn't the only one either the no celtics, no right the celtics had you know contributions from everybody and that's uh both Bradley and Crowder sideline. Bradley didn't even travel with the team on this mm-hmm. West Coast trip. Crowder and Crowder was a late scratch that day. That was when whatever it is that he had to go deal with with his family. Um, he left earlier in the day. You know. Yeah. So, so uh, who scored double figures? It was so Smart with ten. Isaiah. They spread it around because Isaiah had thirty-four. Um, Smart had eighteen. Oh um, yeah. Jalen Brown came in fourteen. He started. Um, Al Horford had 12. Uh, Olenek had a nice game, and he's been playing really well lately. Um, and even Rogier and Gerald Green both had 11 off the bench, too. So they really they share the ball, you know. The thing to remember is Green's insane poster putback, oh, right? Oh, my like, God. That was late highlight. in the fourth quarter, too. Yeah, they took him out right after that, too, and he was pissed. <laughs> was, yeah, I, he was I need to watch that again. That was a fantastic yeah. highlight. That's <laughs> just everything you want. From uh, as a Celtics fan, especially because I I didn't get to watch the game live, I missed it because I was I had that like stomach bug, so I yeah. uh, I was just kind of trying to recover from that, and um, yeah, I just woke up in the morning, looked, and I was like, wow, that's just that's insane. Yeah. He got up. Yeah, that I mean, it's amazing to me that he's not in the slam dunk contest. They got they got um they got some kid came up from the D League and and he's going to be in it. I, I forget who he what his name even was, but they could have got a little star power in it with a former champion from like ten years ago, you know. Yeah, it's weird to think that he was – that was a long time ago. That was 2007, yeah, right? Yeah, yep. I, I went to the game before the All-Star break that year, and it was – we were – we just came out of that uh, – what's, what's our uh, worst losing streak of all time? 23 games, 21 games? <laughs> that was the game that they broke the, the, the streak. It was on Valentine's Day. I remember because it was like a blizzard, and we were driving to the garden, and um, they were they were they were throwing – Gerald Green t-shirts, the slam dunk t-shirts into the crowd, right? And I got like four of them because there was nobody there and I was jumping over seats and just grabbing them off of seats. It was wild. But he he had like 30 points that game. He had like one of his best games ever in the Celtics. He was like five for five for three. And him and Pierce both went off. It was a crazy game. It actually might have even been against the Kings now that I think about it, but I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, so he uh, he came to play at least against Portland. Yeah. Um, and like we said, all of the team, I mean, only like a handful of players who suited up, uh, didn't score in double digits, right? <laughs> Everybody was scoring. And, uh, this comes now we're one and one against the Blazers after that loss in the garden to that's right. The Terry Rogier forced overtime with the big shot that, that, that game. Yeah. So was this kind of like a, a vengeance game? Do you think there were there a little bit more to this because of that loss in in the garden? Yeah, I think. I mean, and uh, I mean, they just they, they played hard. You know, it was uh, it was that that was some really good defense they played. You know, I mean, they gave up 108 points or what was it, 111 points? But that I mean, that doesn't really tell the story of uh, of what happened. Yeah. Well, you and I broke down the loss in the garden, and uh, you know, we were talking about how Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are just insane. Yeah. And they still combined for like 48 points. So right. almost half of the Blazers' points were, were by their backcourt. But, you know, I mean, they just, they're such a difficult matchup for anybody. And especially since Bradley's been out since middle of January, it's just, it's tough to find mm-hmm. those defensive, defensive matchups. And I think Stevens kind of found that solution, at least uh, this game. Was it on Wednesday? It was, uh, that was Thursday night. Thursday, yeah. So I think, I think Stevens kind of, 
put the puzzle together of how to kind of at least outscore yeah. the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps to get yeah everybody clicking on all cylinders for sure. Right. It was uh, like they really, those two guys and uh, Al Farouk Amino had a big game. He had 26. Mm-hmm. But um, McCollum and Lillard shot a combined two for 13 from the outside. So that that helps a little bit too. Uh, but they, they weren't getting anything from the, the big guys, you know, uh, Plumley. I mean, he had nine. Uh, Vonley only had two points, and I'm pretty sure Vonley had a big game against us last time we played. Yeah, well, Amir. I mean, Amir was playing defense. He he played more yeah. minutes than I'm used to seeing him play. Three steals. He didn't have any blocks, but you know, he was he was in the lane, like really making it difficult for the bigs. Yeah, he do, he does. You know, he does a lot of things that we don't give him credit for. Where he's he's a big mass in there, and I mean, he knows where he's supposed to be. You know, he might not be a rebounding machine, but he definitely helps on the defensive end, clogging up the paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a good because he's not like a a rim protector. No, per se, you know, but he's he's going to make it difficult for guys in the lane, right? Um, in in different metrics for sure. You know, he'll keep his hands low, and you know, he might swipe the ball while you're going up for a shot or something, or you know, he might agree, yeah, get in the way of an interior pass. So definitely, uh, Celtics then move on to best defense in the league. In the Utah Jazz, and uh, had a great game, probably one of the best of the year against the Jazz. Now they're two and zero against the Jazz, finishing that one one twelve one zero four. What were kind of your? I mean, what what are the major takeaways from this game for you? Yeah, well, it, it's uh, pretty remarkable. That's one of the top defenses in the league, and they put the most points up against them anybody has on Utah's home floor in one hundred and twelve. Um, so I mean we I mean we know we can score, you know. Um but uh but that that game 112-104 I don't even think tells a story. That was a that I mean we beat them pretty bad, you know. That 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 closing score of 8 points. It, we 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 led the whole game wire to wire. I think we we're up by 20 at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Um but they they um it, it's they I mean, what did we shoot? 60%, 59. I remember Same. they were shooting 60% at one point like late in the third quarter. Like that's 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 nuts. Yeah, and it was um good cut. I mean the the Jazz. I think the biggest issue for the Jazz was that they got no production from their bench. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. You know, I mean it was basically just Gordon Hayward and and uh, George Hill just lighting it up, and that was it. It's really all they had, and the Stifle Tower. Yeah, and and we had here we had the no, Isaiah put up his normal. He put up twenty nine, and then Olenek put up nineteen. Gerald Green again with another huge game. He shot seven for eight. Um, he had sixteen points. And James Young, James Young out of nowhere, uh, coming in when Jalen Brown got hurt, and he played like fifteen minutes. He scored ten points. Yeah, and Brad Stevens was really big on Gerald Green and James Young, talking about how you know they can they really spread the floor, and mm-hmm. you know they combined for four for eight, fifty percent from outside the arc. I think. Um, yeah. Yep. And so yeah, I mean that's that's huge when you can get that that kind of production from. You know, your guys off the bench. Usually James Young, when he comes in, I feel like he, I, I just, I, I think he gets too caught up in the fact that he needs to be making these shots. Right. And, and doesn't just play his game, you know, yeah. and it's, it's something that was happening with Olenek earlier this year when he wasn't playing a lot. And, you know, he would come in, he's a guy that needs to like, I've, um, Olenek is a guy and I think James Young, James Young, you can say the same thing. Like you can't have a guy come in take a shot, misses it, then he comes out of the game and it's like, oh, shit, you know? Then they get hesitant to shoot, they don't play their game, and um, I, I think, like, look at, you gave him 15 minutes to play and he got to settle in and he played pretty well. Yeah. 
and it helps to move up the depth chart too. I mean, with sure. Crowder, Crowder out, Jalen Brown, you know, uh, getting injured. What like was it second quarter? Yeah, I think it was before halftime. Yeah, so Jalen Brown goes out, and so that just you know brings James Young up the, up the the depth depth chart, and um, I think that was that was big for him, you know, to get that get that his number called and you know get some serious playing time, and he was able to kind of settle in find some spots right and it wasn't garbage time either i mean we were winning the game big but we're playing against a good team so you're coming in the third quarter i mean you know that's 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 definitely good minutes yeah it's a lot of trust for sure what uh have you heard anything about brown's injury i i have not no uh when i uh they said after the game they asked stevens about it and he said it was a hip flexor strain or he he couldn't even think of what it was and a reporter corrected him said it was a hip flexor strain and that's all he knew but he he kind of nodded it off like it wasn't really that serious. I mean, I think it was kind of the case that they were up big and, you know, it wasn't really worth bringing him back in the game to get hurt. I mean, we're already missing two other guys, you know. So, um, you know, you got a guy like James Young, throw him in there, see what he can do, you know, especially when we were winning. Well, so this uh, – the Jazz have been quietly a good team. I mean, the West is so good. Yeah, well, yeah. They, you know, you look at a team like the Jazz, they're 34 and 20. Yeah, fourth, fourth in the Western Conference. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But they, in the East, they would have been tied for second with the Celtics. Right, right. So and they, they are like, what, two games behind the Cavs? Yeah. Like in terms of record? I think it's two now. Yep. Yeah, so the Jazz are, by standing, a top-tier team. Right. Sure. Yeah. And, and repetitively throughout the season, we, we've talked about, can the Celtics win these these games against top tier opponents can can the celtics take down teams like the warriors the Cavs, the rockets stuff like that and do the jazz fall in that conversation for you i i i think they should i i, I think so they they play hard defense they've got some really good players on that team and i mean they're hanging they're they're right up there in the top half of the the western conference which is you know it's a little more to say that than being at the top half of the eastern conference you know mm-hmm. although the top of the eastern conference looks pretty good right now the top four right now, teams, anyways. Yeah, right now it does. Yeah, uh, but it falls off. The top quick. four teams, yeah, yeah. After that, you, you know, you start to fade off. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're uh, they're a really good team, and um, that's um, I, look and look, we're starting to put together some wins. I mean, we've beaten we've beaten the Jazz, we beat the Rockets a couple weeks back. Um, I, I I'm looking forward to playing um, Cleveland. When do we play Cleveland in March? I know, I know yeah, March Rising there. I'm looking forward to that matchup with Cleveland, who's kind of struggling. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's impossible for the Celtics to catch Cleveland. Uh, I, but I still think in a seven game series is going to be difficult to beat them. It kind, kind of um, attributed to like the way the Hawks were a couple of years ago when they had that high powered offense, and uh, you know, but then they played, you know, the playoffs. They weren't quite the same team. I, not that I think the Celtics won't be, but I'm just saying that that Cleveland can kind of put it on cruise control and turn it on when you know um, playoffs come. Yeah. Anything you want to touch on with a recap of last week's games? Uh, no, no, no. That's that's good for me. I mean, I, I think the the best thing about you know Bradley being out, at least the one positive, and then Crowder missing a couple of games is getting those other guys you know minutes. Um, not so much James Young because I mean, if, if we're, if he's playing in the playoffs, we're in big trouble. But, um, if, you know, these other guys like getting Gerald Green time on the floor, I think we're a little deeper than we were last year when we lost Avery Bradley and we lost Olenek and we were just completely lost. Whereas I think now we're a little deeper and we have guys that can maybe step into those roles. 
Yeah, I want to actually, I haven't had a chance to look at it, but I want to look and see how the Celtics have done record-wise since Bradley has been out. Because we've had a very good, I think one of the best records of January, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of kept it up through February. There was that, that brief losing streak. Actually, yeah, I don't, we've only lost once in February, and that was to the Kings. Right. So, so far, we're 5-1 uh, and one in the month of February. And yeah. I think we've only had four losses since Bradley's been sidelined. Yeah, and when and and right, I think it was adjustment period at first. I think they had a hard time without him at first, but I think you can see that they've settled in. These other guys have stepped into those roles, you know. Um, you know, before this before this went down, Jalen Brown wasn't playing very much, you know, and he's had a big uptick in minutes, and now he's been starting games, and um, he's been a factor in the games too. Yeah, I've been really happy to see. That. I was talking with my friends because um, I'm here in in Michigan home, like right near MSU. And so we're talking about Denzel Valentine, mm-hmm. not getting any time on the bulls. Right. And we were talking about how, like I would have really liked to have seen the Celtics pick him, but the bulls took him one pick before Celtics came on the clock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's not seeing any time. Most of these rookies with the exception of the Sixers, because they don't have anybody else. Most of these rookies don't see a ton of time. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I, I don't understand the logic there either because I mean, Ingram, I, I don't know what Ingram's playing, but I think he plays more than most of them anyways. But, um, but the other guys, like if you're the bulls, why, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't be trying to see what you have in Denzel Valentine. And yeah. it doesn't really make any sense to me. You're not, you're not world beaters yet. You're not, not with that team. I, I don't, I don't know. I, and you see that with a lot of teams. And I think it's uh, kudos to Brad that he's been able to get Jalen on the court. I mean, the injuries help, obviously, lately. But even before that, I mean, he was playing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it makes room for him to have, you know, Bradley on the sideline, to have Crowder out. I mean, albeit with family stuff. But sure. You know, that, that, that gives space for definitely Jalen Brown to get some serious minutes. Um, but I remember I was looking at, like, the NBA rookie ladder for rookie of the year. And I was noticing that the only top 10 pick who fell in the uh, top 10 of at least this year's draft was Buddy Heald. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, nobody else in the lottery has really been doing too well. And Jalen Brown is probably getting the most of rookie minutes, with the exception, I think, of Buddy Heald. But he's playing for a a Pelicans team that's just not good. (laughs) And they at least are recognizing, like, we have the ability to... They're, they're right, and they're there, and they that's exactly what they should be doing, you know. Yeah, so like, I mean, maybe the Bulls are like too concerned with trying to make the playoffs, and they're like really convinced that they can turn this squad into a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But even then, I still think you should see what you got with, with Valentine and maybe, you know, up his trade stock if you're really trying to make a trade, trying to get Rondo off the books, whatever. Like, yeah, right. Healing if you really don't see a future with, him, with the Bulls. So we'll uh, move to kind of major storylines from last week. Um, kind of talking about trade stuff the the Knicks and like Carmelo Anthony and just all of the, the shit that's going on in the <laughs> what a mess I just I don't know how to describe what has happened this past week with the New York Knicks yeah um I guess I, you can start us off with just what you can you know what surprises me and before we get to the Oakley stuff what surprises me the most about the Knicks is the, the whole Carmelo drama and all this stuff, I mean, this is all coming from essentially Phil Jackson in the front office, like the, the, the mess of it. It's not even Carmelo's fault. Um, you know, they, all these leaks are coming out that Jackson wants to move him. They've had these meetings and da-da-da-da. Like, I don't understand why he would do that. Like, 
it, it's coming out like like mellow some kind of cancer on the team or something. Yeah. And like, why would you be doing that before the trade deadline when you're trying to get something for him? And I mean, I think it's it's killing the fans too. I mean, you yeah. got fans who are like doing mellow. Like, when yeah. Why? What? Why would you do that? Like, oh my god, you might get stuck with the guy. You might not be able to unload him. And then you're just going to, it's going to be like, oh, yep, okay. You know, no, there was no problem here. Like, you know, I, I don't understand why. I, I, I don't know. And I, I and maybe part of it's they want Melo to, to sign off on his no trade clause and they, they feel like they can find a place for him. And they're just trying to, I don't know, make him uncomfortable there. I, I don't yeah, know. They're really trying to push him out. Yeah. But, jeez, uh, I, I don't know, man. That seems like a crazy approach to me. And Phil Jackson, I don't know. It just surprises me that. He's at the helm of that. Yeah, well, so Dolan said, I think it was on ESPN Radio, was talking about, because, I mean, just the, the mess that is the Knicks, I think he was asked, will you keep Phil Jackson on? Because mm-hmm. he's got two and a half more years on his contract, I think. Right. Um, and Dolan said that he, he trusts him and he's going to give him complete autonomy and he's not going to interfere. And um, do you think that's a good move do you think that it's it's time to kind of end this experiment with phil jackson i mean he's gone through he's in his second coach and uh i mean Derek fisher said maybe a couple weeks ago that you know actually i was doing better than what david hornacek is doing right now when i was with the Knicks. i had a, I had a worse team right so do you think that this is yeah i mean of- i i wouldn't i wouldn't i i wouldn't put it all on phil just yet i mean i think it, 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 he was he had Carmelo there. Maybe he didn't want Carmelo, and he wants to build the team in another way. Obviously, you have Porzingis, who he drafted, and um, that's you know that that's been best case scenario pretty much for how that worked out. Isn't um, he the one who inked Melo though to that insane deal? Wasn't that like his no? First- uh, was that Jackson? No, I don't think no. Like that was um that was the guy before him. I'm pretty sure Melo was already locked up in his lap because how long has Jackson been there? He's been there for this is his third year. This is the third year, I think. Okay, so Melo's deal's up next year, right? Right? Mm, yes. Yeah, I, I need to look at this stuff. I need yeah, to- yeah, yeah. Melo's deal is up at the end of next season. Um, so that would mean that the year prior was when Melo was inked to that five-year extension. Okay. So I, I, I pr- I'm 95% sure that he, he was already there, locked in. You know, he knew what he had. and I, I But I think he thought that he'd be able to run his triangle and, and all that. With Melo, I mean, it's not like he's a terrible player, you know. It's just not. I don't just don't think it's worked out anywhere near where he thought it would, you know. Well, I'm a big supporter of like team chemistry and how that impacts a team. I think that's part of why the Celtics did so well. I think we were the least talented team in the Eastern Conference playoffs last year. Yeah. You know, I think I think we just had the least talent. Right. But I think we had probably the best locker room. Yeah. In the best clubhouse, I, th- I think that the the Celtics and perhaps the best coach, <laughs> yeah, partially because of Brad Stevens and just right. kind of the atmosphere that he brings to a locker room. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, just the go ahead, go ahead, finish. Gonna... I, well, I just think the chemistry. I think it makes a huge difference in how teams do. I think that's part of why Sacramento mm-hmm. is doing so poorly. I think that's part of why the Knicks are doing so poorly because talent wise, they have what should be a low seed in the in the playoffs, probably. Right. Yeah. You see, know, my. I, thing- yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. But well, to to back up your point there, look at what happened with Jay Crowder um, when we had the Gordon a- Hayward issue. He went on Twitter, he went on that rant, and you know, and the fans were going crazy about that. And look at how quickly that was just killed, like non-issue, like total non-issue. Had that been the Knicks, 
I mean, that would have lingered. We'd they'd still be talking about that. Yeah. You know? And and that's just like the way he's able to just keep the team focused, move on. You know, had a talk with Jay. You know, don't do that. Okay, boom. Like it's not a problem anymore. You know that 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 you see just if you see that happening on another team, I just feel like it would have been a massive, massive issue. And it was a massive issue for like a day here. You know, like that night, people were going crazy. The next day, they were talking about it on sports radio. We're talking about it on the blog, and then it just dissipated, and it was a non-issue. You know, I I just feel like that would crush other teams, and that just goes to show you that not only the team chemistry, but the the control that you know Brad has over it. Yeah, and so then this kind of leads into all the other shit that's been going on in New York. Is, yeah, you know, I mean, all the stuff's going on off the court too. You got. Charles Oakley, who I don't even know how long he played for there, but he's he's in Knicks. I mean, he was icon. Yeah, in the '90s when they were good. Yeah, <laughs> the last time they were good. He's an icon for for the New York Knicks. Yeah, sitting courtside, right? And uh, I don't even know what happened. He like got in the fight with someone. You know, you see he's shoving yeah. security guys, and he was just going around this huddle of guys who were like yelling at him, just kind of pushing and shoving each guy. Ends up getting escorted out and arrested. Um, and banned temporarily, at least indefinitely, <laughs> definitely from Madison Square Garden. What does this do to the New York Knicks? What does this do for free agents? I mean, just fans. What does this do? Yeah, I mean, that's and and you saw how the fans reacted the very next game. They chanted "Free Charles Oakley" or whatever, "Free Oakley," like the whole game. And here's James Dolan sitting like a dope on the sideline. Um, I guess so. From what I understand, I guess Oakley was sitting like within earshot of Dolan. Maybe he was taunting him or yelling at him or something. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Whatever. It, but and then Dolan goes on TV the next day. He's on the Michael K show, um, and and he's you know uh, saying how Oakley has a drinking problem and anger problems. I mean, what are you doing? What I just, like, what is like nothing like throwing gasoline on a fire. Like, and now the whole, you got the, the NBA players from around the league rallying against them. The Players Association, former players. I, I, I just think some of these people, like people like Dolan, these rich people are just so sheltered from what is actually going on that just surrounded by yes men that doesn't understand like the, the gravity of that situation. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think this hurts the Knicks hard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, who wants to play for an owner like that? It's it's like the Clippers when they had Donald Sterling and that stink that he had on that team for all those years. I mean, how do you get somebody to go sign for a team like that? Although they they somehow managed – well, they traded for Chris Paul. That's right. They didn't sign him. Mm-hmm. But, and everybody else was developed through the draft, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, Blake was a draft, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I don't – and then the team – and then you think about the team, like – then they're going to ask Carmelo Anthony about it after the game. And he's got a comment on that. Like, mm-hmm. why would you put your guys through that? Yeah. I mean, there are calls for Dolan's head. I mean, there's calls. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I think it's Wadge who said. Uh, yeah, he came out and lit him up. I think it was today or yesterday. Um, yeah, saying that, you know, he should probably. And, I mean, the Knicks have just been awful. Yeah. For we, a long time. Yeah, they I, apparently they've only won. And I didn't know this until I read that Wadge article. They've only won one playoff series since like 1999 or 2000, yeah. whatever it was. It's something nothing. ridiculous. 
last year that we had uh, it was us of course i know I, I knew exactly which game which series it was too that was the first funeral game i remember that yeah that was, that was uh, kind of the, the beginning of the end for, oh that was bad yeah that was i mean that well that was the end wasn't it wasn't that 2012 that was, yeah that was the last that year that was that was it we blew it the jr smith and them at least at least we won that game when they showed up in the funeral gear like washington did it a couple of weeks ago I remember yep. they showed up in the, the coming to the funeral. We won that game, so we we lost the next game. But um, man, yeah, that was and but that's that's sad that that's the last they won that series. That was five years ago, and they hadn't won another like, you know fifteen years before that. That's crazy, or or twelve years, whatever it was. Do you think Dolan should be fired, or I don't know if you can well, fire? Well, you can't really <laughs> fire the owner. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how. I and people like him, he's not gonna. He's not gonna sell the team. He's not gonna give up the team. I mean, uh, so I. I think Knicks fans are stuck with him. You know, I. I feel bad for him. That's that's awful. Do you think he should sell? Do you think I? I. He seems like a guy who won't just give up the team because of all this this shit that's been going on and all the all this stuff that's on in the media. Mm-hmm. But. I, I mean, I, I, when I, if I think of like the Mavs, I feel like, uh, Mark Cuban, for instance, if something like this happened with his team, I feel like he would be a bigger guy and just be like, you know what? I think it's time that I, that I get out of here. Right. But, but he's a big, like, he loves the fans, Mark Cuban. I mean, he's, you know what I mean? He's very passionate about the fan base there mm-hmm. and tries to do things for that fan base. Like, I mean, they probably could have traded Dirk and set the reset button, and yet he's probably like, you know what, we're not going to do that because the fans want Dirk to retire here, you know? Whether that's the right decision or the wrong decision, you know? Um, I Like, I, I think James Dolan just, I don't think he gives two shits, you know, about what anybody thinks. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we're going to kind of center these major stories around, like, Carmelo Anthony and stuff. But so, Wodge, like, the all-knowing... Adrian Waj, I don't even know how to say his name, but they all, Wojnarowski, he, yeah. Yeah, he uh, says, releases a report that says Celtics are not interested in Carmelo Anthony, which we, we knew, but then says that we've been keeping our eye on Jimmy Butler and Paul George. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Paul George. Yes. That, I, I mean, if you're giving me a choice, that's the guy I want, but, but I, but I like Butler as well. Yeah. So it, both are in situations where I can't see a way that we could pry either free. Mm-hmm. If the Bulls start really sinking, which they've been kind of hovering around and you know sticking in the playoff picture for the time being with this like weird team that they've got, and I, I, I'm sure that they're trying to find some solution to, to at least move up in the standings or find their way to the four seed. I don't know. But I don't think that Jimmy Butler is part of their trading plans. I think they're planning on keeping him around, but what are what have you heard or what do you think in terms of this front office of Jimmy Butler? Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm sure I'm sure where there's smoke, this fire. Obviously, this the Celtics are interested in those two guys. I mean, I don't think that's anything you know for Wojnarowski to say that. But the fact that they're still kicking on the door, I guess you know maybe says they're a little more you know after it than maybe we would have thought. But um, I, I think that. Um, I just with these teams like this, I don't understand if you're going to rebuild and fully rebuild. And I and I understand they trade off pieces and, and get stuff, but I don't understand if you have a star player, why you wouldn't like you reset everything but him. You know, like think think about like what the Celtics did in the mid two thousands with Pierce. I mean, there was all talks. We're gonna, are they going to trade Pierce and da 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 and. 
They didn't because it makes more sense to, you know, build around that one player, no? I, yeah. I, I, I guess that one good player keeps you out of the top of the lottery maybe, and that sucks, but I don't understand. If all these teams are looking for superstars and you have one, why would you be entertaining the idea of trading him as part of some uh, blow-up when you can rebuild around them? Well, it seems like Fred Hoiberg doesn't really understand, or at least he's not using Butler the way that he should. I was reading right. that Dwayne Wade has a higher usage percentage than Jimmy Butler does. That's, that's just ridiculous. And it's just, it doesn't make sense. It's, it but is that Dwayne bounce. Wade, though? Is that Hoiberg, or is that Dwayne Wade? Like, no, like they're, they're, it, was, it was based on, like, play calls and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, like, it was, it was analyzing, you know, what the, what the Bulls run yep. and how often plays are set for Dwayne Wade versus Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler is better in every, every metric that you can Yeah, I, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's many people that would argue with you besides maybe Dwayne Wade and his wife. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking, like, 2000 six sure. Yeah. sure yeah you could i absolutely but we're talking 2017 yeah, yeah. like wrong side of his 30s yep still a good player but like sure why, why not he's definitely on the back nine why not <laughs> why not be running through jimmy butler you know yeah i that doesn't make any sense and uh i mean i i would welcome a, a jimmy butler to the celtics but i mean obviously what are we talking about um you know what are we talking about what is that going to cost us you know yeah, and that's where we miss Justin Quinn on this. Right, our, yeah. our, our draft guru that has, yeah. I mean, our trade guru. Um, and, I mean, I don't know. Last year we had reports that it was what? It was uh, last year's Brooklyn pick plus, was it two Brooklyn picks? No, it was, no, I'm sorry. It was last year's Brooklyn pick, a future first, and like Jay Crowder. What was that deal? Yeah, it was. Well, I remember that was on, reported. I mean, whether or not that's true or not is. And I thought, geez, that's. I can't believe that Danny would have passed that up. You know, personally, but um, so I, I would have to think like, I, I would have to think that Danny's not. He's not giving up the farm for either of those guys. He's. I mean, when, when you have these picks, we're going to get one of the top three picks in the draft right now. Um, you know, you're going to have that guy locked up for what three years at rookie scale versus a guy at a max deal. Well, I, I like, I think it's important to note that, uh, you know, Wadge reports that we're keeping our eye. Right, exactly. On you guys. It's not that, that we're chasing them. It, I, I like the, I think the wording is really important in yes. that. Um, because I, I don't know if Ainge is engaging in talks for Jimmy Butler or Paul George. I don't know if they're even taking calls, the Bulls and the Pacers, for right. Paul George and, and but Jimmy Butler. But, I mean, both those guys, I think, are the epitome of what would fit into Brad Stevens' system. Mm -hmm. Like exactly what, brad stevens wants in a star and I, I don't think either like i said at the beginning of of this kind of segment i don't think that either are going to be able to be pride free especially because the pacers have been playing pretty well as of late um and you know the bulls like i said they're kind of hovering around but the pacers right now are 29 25 i feel like they had a losing record yeah and they, they started off the year really bad too so they have been playing well lately mm -hmm. uh, and and they're coming up um on a tough stretch too. I think between now and the trade deadline, they're playing like Cleveland, San Antonio, Golden State. Like they, they have like a gauntlet in between now and then. And maybe that, maybe that helps them, you know, understand where they're at too. You know, I mean, they get smoked by a few of those teams. They, they realize they're further away than they thought, but I still don't think that gets you moving Paul George. Yeah. Well then we'll kind of move to a proposal that might actually be legit. 
um, that Justin was kind of really talking about. Uh, it's three-way trade, Clippers, Boston, Knicks, Clippers, Celtics, Knicks, and it moves Mello to the Clippers, Blake Griffin and Paul Pierce to Boston, and also I think Avery Bradley goes to the Clippers as well. Yeah, it was Bradley Bradley and two uh, first-round picks non-Brooklyn from us. I, I, one was like the Memphis pick, and one was our own first-rounder next year or something like that. Yeah, like Jamal Crawford from the and, Clippers. And Amir. We'd have to give up Amir for uh, salary-wise, yeah. money-wise. So basically what it would cost us is a couple late firsts, Avery Bradley and Amir Johnson to get Blake Griffin and reunite Paul Pierce with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? On that, I mean, I, I think that's a slam dunk for us. And but, but I mean, and the Clippers, obviously, I, I think that obviously the Knicks would take that deal in a second. They're going to get three first round picks for Carmelo Anthony, um, and then. also one of the best, you know, bench players in Jamal Crawford. Yeah, and 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 Crawford's a, a New York guy too. He's been there before, so um, you know they they love him there. So, um, but. I, obviously, this is in this this kind of a deal. That's that's in LA's. You know, that's whether they were willing to do that. But you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're the Clippers, why not? I, unless you think you're going to be hanging on to Blake Griffin forever. Um, I don't know. I, I just why, why why not just throw some shit at it and see what happens. I don't yeah, know. and also this they've had this roster for what like four yeah they, they're not getting over the hump with that roster. They're not going to be. They're not going to be. Um, they're not going to beat San Antonio. They're not going to beat um, the Warriors. So why why not say, hey, fuck it, let's go all in on the offense and get um, and get mellow and maybe you know whatever. Maybe maybe it's a lightning strike. He loves he loves Chris Paul. Those guys are good friends. You know maybe that would be a, a good match. Yeah, I st- I still doubt they do it, but I I don't. If I'm the Clippers, why not? You know. Yeah, especially because I mean they've just they've been a good team. They they put it together in regular season and they hit the playoffs and they I don't know why but they just can't figure it out. There was that what well, basically the same collapse that Golden State had in the finals last year. They had against the Rockets two years ago, mm-hmm. right? They were up what it was three to one. Yeah. In, um, in the yeah, that was the year that the the Rockets went to the Western Conference Final, right? Two yeah. years ago, right? Yeah, I think so. And yeah, so they because the Rockets bottomed out last year, but they were in the conference finals the year before. Should have been locked up. Yep, absolutely. And the Clippers let it go. I don't know how. Yeah. And then the whole DeAndre Jordan like to the Mavericks. Oh my god! What a what a what a calamity! That was wild. But they, their roster hasn't really changed that drastically. Like no, they, I mean they're, they're the same players. key four guys there, right? And then Jamal yeah. Crawford coming off the bench, you know. Yeah. yeah, like swing around like Matt Barnes, Jeff Green, yeah. Wesley Johnson. Like there's a bunch right. of like those you know, are the interchangeable parts, right? Like the uh, you know the swing guys, yeah. But otherwise, there's there's been no major changes. Blake Griffin, he's a great player. He's a star. He's mm-hmm. one of the best power forwards in the game, and it hasn't worked. Yeah, you know, what, you know what? You know what I find interesting about that too? Apparently, in court, whatever I was reading, that Brad Stevens loves Blake Griffin. And when I looked at it, he's actually a really good passer, that which I didn't realize. He averages like four or five assists a game. Well, he had that highlight last week, right, where he had that like – I don't even know how to describe that pass, but he found this crazy yeah. – J.J. Redick cutting to the hoop. I, that's, I, I never really you know, thought of him as a passer like that. I never thought he was – you know, but apparently he is. So, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, he might not be a three-point shooter, but – 
he can shoot. He can space the floor a little bit. I mean, he can shoot that Garnett, um, you know, um, uh, you know, 18-footer or whatever. Yeah, you know? like baseline mid-range. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Is, uh, was it him or was it Dwight Howard? My roommate and I joked he, like, attempted one three and he was shooting a 1,000 for his career. It might have been him. I don't know. That's pretty funny, though. <laughs> We're like, oh, man, he's the Just best. leave it there. Once leave it there. Yeah. So um, it might have been uh, it might have been uh, Dwight Howard, but yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of Blake Griffin. And um, based on the, kind of the comments on Justin's uh, post on this on Celtics Life, seems like readers are into it too. If we have the assurance that Blake Griffin is going to resign with the Celtics, otherwise we lose Avery Bradley and two first round picks and two first round picks. Not that we're like scrapping yeah. around for no. For- it's it's. I mean, there's really no room for them anyways. It's just they could be used in another deal, I guess, <laughs> right? Yeah. So with, that, with all the guys overseas and everything, I, those those first round picks really don't mean much to me because we have these guys already waiting overseas who are look like all look like they're going to be pretty good players, and um, and Nader in the D League who's up, he's like in the running for MVP down there. Yep. Um. So. You know, I mean, and plus the Brooklyn picks we got coming. Obviously, those guys are staying unless they get dealt. You know, so uh, it's you know the the first round picks don't bother me. Trade them, trade them, whatever. I don't care. I I would be into it even if you weren't sure that Blake Griffin was going to resign, just because we have enough wings and guards. You know, obviously I I hate to lose Bradley, but if we're getting a player like Blake Griffin back, I mean, that certainly puts us in the mix to beat Cleveland this year. And. With the way that we've been playing, I mean, like I said, we've lost what five games yeah. since Bradley's been out. I, I, his injury, the fact that the Celtics have been playing really good basketball with him on the sideline mm-hmm. proves to me that I don't mind. Right, they, they can, they can definitely do it. Right, he's a great defender, but I don't think, I mean, especially near the draft, you know, yeah. readers were in, were livid that we were considering Avery Bradley as a trade piece because yeah. you know, he was taking defensive, uh, first team all defense, right? Right, like, right, yeah, he was. Yeah, so. Yeah, he obviously is is a great player. He's a great addition to the team, but I don't think he's so vital that we can't consider to trade him. If if he's that headliner of our trade, mm-hmm. and we have Amir as as salary, and we're getting a superstar back, I mean, it's absolutely worth it. No brainer to me. I I mean, I think about that. We'd be putting Blake Blake Griffin in the lineup in Amir's spot and playing with the team that we've been playing with for the last month, and we've lost what <laughs> how many games? Not many. You know? Yeah. Yep. So, minor storylines. Bradley's still going to be out at least until after the All Star break. Um, and Danny Ainge said, hopefully, right? Like, he's still not yeah, even sure. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a little vague. <clears throat> I mean, it, it's at this point, keep him out until he's healthy. I mean, it's, we're not, it's not like we're losing games. We don't desperately need him back right now. Um, I'd, I'd rather have him healthy in the playoffs. Yeah. Because sure. I mean, his defense is as as much as we've been able to get by without it. He is a lockdown one on one defender. And going back to that Clippers trade, he would be the perfect guy for them to have to be to guard either Thompson or, or Seth Curry. In in you know in come the playoff time. So, but and also what an insane, especially with the way that Bradley's been shooting mm-hmm. really this year and last year. Yep. Uh, I'm just trying to imagine that just the sharp shooting on that team. JJ Redick. Yeah. Bradley at the two, Chris Paul at the one. Like that'd just be like disgusting. Mm-hmm. What they'd be able to do from outside. Yeah, and and but and think about him coming back for us playoff time. We're gonna be playing, you know, either or both Washington and Toronto teams with two both st- two stud guards. You know, John Wall and Bradley Beal on Washington, 
and um, DeRozan and um, Kyle Lowry on Toronto. Definitely be nice to have, you know, Marcus Smart and Avery Bradley for that. Uh, did you see those Brooklyn ads as, as uniform sponsors? I, I haven't seen this yet, no. All right, so, so I, I, I tweeted it uh, with the hashtag Celtics Life blog or Celtics Life podcast. Uh, so if you want to check out my Twitter. I'm going to check it now. It's rough. Like all the other ones, at least the color scheme kind of kind of makes sense, you know? There's like a lot worse things. Well, what's like, their sponsor? I don't even know. It's like the weird. <laughs> like I've oh, never seen it this. God, it it's, looks like Hanes, but and it just huge. says Infor. Yeah, I don't know what they are. And it just looks bad. It's this giant red square on their like. Yeah, I, I like their kits for the most. Like they've got like a black and white. It's yeah, yeah. Bleak. Why but would you put the red spread? on that? That doesn't make any sense. Like like Philly, I see the Philly one, StubHub, nice, clean, little one. Everyone knows what StubHub is, you know? I, even the Celtics GE one. Obviously, nobody wants to put a logo on the jersey. Nobody wants to do that. But they're going to do it. At least we got one that looks kind of cool, you know? Yeah, and also they, they stuck with the color scheme. Like their right, exactly. color was blue, yeah. right? And yeah. they kind of accommodated went green. So it, yeah. it looks all right. Right. Yeah, I, I that's... that's <laughs> <laughs> just that's crazy yeah well so listener you can uh i did the hashtag uh celtics life podcast if you want to check it out um hopefully we'll put some more stuff on that on the hashtag and you kind of take a look at that stuff but uh i think it looks awful <laughs> I think that's really bad just proved that the nets are just getting worse and worse <laughs> now, now how many teams have released them do you know i think that's just the four just uh the oh, okay four. good because I wanted to do, and I was waiting to do, have some time to do this, but do an article of what what sponsors every team should have, you know, instead of what they actually have, you know. Kind of like those. Uh, I like. I feel like Bleacher Report sometimes does. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we can do this on a podcast sometime. But every uh, every what what every team sponsor should be, you know. Oh man. Oh, well, now I'm trying to think about that. Yeah, exactly. What, what's the, what do you think is like the funniest? Add oh that. I don't know maybe like the the Knicks could be like Kohler toilets or something like that like, <laughs> just we could come up with some really funny stuff yeah all right well we'll definitely have to think about we that we gotta kick that around uh you talked a bit about uh the stuff that we got stashed overseas Yabu Gersh I don't even know. uh Yabu Sally and uh and Zizek yep Gershon Yabu Sally yeah that's yep. the one nope. um they are killing it overseas yeah. and, and granted I mean against lesser competition but Zizek moved over to the he's in like the premier the best league in europe right now yep. in uh, the um, it used to be the turkish super league or whatever it is and he was murdering everybody uh where he was playing over in um uh where's he from is croatia maybe yep. yeah, yeah croatia yeah so he was just destroying that league so they moved him over there and he's still he's still you know he's starting he's playing really well um that, that guy is of all the people, like we're tossing around, you know, the guys that the Celtics can get at the deadline, like, uh, you know, maybe a Bogut, whatever, uh, Noel, guy, a rebounder, whatever. Zizek is actually like the perfect fit for Steven's system because he can shoot, he's big, he can rebound, and he can block shots. I mean, this guy could potentially, if he's actually, if he can play in the NBA, that dude is the perfect guy for the Celtics and Steven's system. And then uh, you wrote about it. Yeah, on Sunday, right? It in that uh, Bleacher Report cartoon of like, yeah, it was yesterday. It was, it was it was Saturday. So yeah, he was in that cartoon series. Uh, did you see it? Yeah, I was. I, was, I thought it was great. You know, because they had him like flying around. He's like, look, I can hover, and he's like floating in the air. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it was, uh, it was him, uh, Boogie Cousins, uh, Paul George, and um, Anthony Davis. 
who just grows the entire yeah. time. But just, like, every time you look at him, he grows another inch. Yeah, yeah. But pretty cool <laughs> that hey, our, our guys up there with those guys. Those are some of the best players in the league. So we're he's right up there. Yeah, and he appreciated it too. He uh, retweeted our picture, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it is. Uh, he's a Celtics awesome. fan. Yeah, good to hear. Dig it, as you all should be, right? right. Exactly. Got some great stuff, and then I guess I'll add this in the minor storylines. Uh, Fab Mello. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, um, yeah. Syracuse alum, so that hits kind of close to home. Drafted by Celtics after two years. Uh, just report came out that he had died in his home country of Brazil at the age of 26. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now there's not any information as to how or what, what happened, but right now that's, that's kind of news. So sad news. Um, you know, you, you didn't make it only played in seven games for the Celtics, but right. But, you know, but he was around the team, you know, um, that, that last year that we had Garnett and Pierce, he was there. Um, he, he, he was a monster in the D league. He had a yep. triple double with the 10 blocks. Yep. Um, he he was a really good player in the D League. I mean, he's just he was a massive guy, but he was a raw ten, he was raw, you know. And that's well, he started playing basketball in ninth grade, right? Exactly. You I mean, know, he had only been playing for six years. Yeah, when he got drafted by the Celtics. Yep. And so, so um, pretty remarkable, you know. He made the NBA, and uh, but that's so sad, you know. He's, yeah. I think he was twenty six. Yeah, I bumped into him in Syracuse one time, and he was just a really nice guy. Were you going to school when he was there? No, I uh, I lived around around there. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Um, and so I was a big SU fan, and then yeah, ended up you know just is a, he was a big part of the team, but it had those academic issues and stuff, and yeah, ended up just committing to the draft, and had a relatively short career in the NBA. But you know, I heard that he was talking about trying to make an NBA comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was joining the Brazilian league there, I guess this year. He's been playing there this yeah, season, so. anyways. So that's 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 a shame. Too bad. So uh quick look, we'll kind of rattle off upcoming week. Last week before the All-Star break, uh, we opened it up to finish our kind of Western Conference road trip with Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've been actually surging. Um, I think yeah, Dirk's healthy. Yep. And uh, picked up Yogi Ferrell out of Wisconsin, I think. Or no, uh, Indiana. Yep. Yogi Ferrell on a 10-day contract, then he killed it, signed him to a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be – I think it's going to be a lot harder than records indicate. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, absolutely. They're, I mean, they're playing a lot. I mean, so how, how far outside of the uh, – I mean, I know they've been making a surge. But they were really bad for a while, though. Yeah, they were They were contending for the top pick, and now right. they're tied with the Kings two games out of – Is that eight. right? Yeah. Wow, that's, that's pretty – You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they were the team that came out with that eighth seed. I mean – the Nuggets ahead of them. They made that deal today, which for um, the Plumley for um, Nurkic. Nurkic. Yeah, Nurkic, um, I, which didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, but, but hey, whatever. That's they if they like Plumley that much, they they'll be the ones that can give them the most money come the off season. So I guess you know, hey, whatever. Yeah. So they they've been surging slightly, and um, I think it'll be. Not an easy game. I think Darren Williams is back um, after a toe mm-hmm. injury. Yeah. Yogi Ferrell will be playing off the bench. Dirk's back. They're, they're a healthy team, and mm-hmm. I think they're always a threat. Um, the last time that I remember that we played the Mavs, uh, Kelly Kelly Olenek put that vintage Dirk Nowitzki move, like fade away mid-range on Dirk himself. Yeah. Dirk 
smile the other way down the floor. So, <laughs> I hope that Brad just puts Kelly right into Dirk, like these giant white guys that like probably shouldn't be great at basketball. And I just, yeah, right. That right. Um, um, and then, yeah, so that's, and then we got what, Philly? Yes. At Is home? that at home? I haven't looked if that's at home. I'm not sure either. In Philadelphia. I feel like we, uh, oh man, I should have the schedule up. That's, uh, yeah, that's back at, at home before we go on another three-game road trip. Okay, yep. But So, yeah, that's uh, Wednesday, mm-hmm. first night of a back-to-back. Um, Philly, they've fallen off. They had that really crazy hot streak. Yeah, yep, when Embiid first first came back and started playing. Yeah, well, they, the they, <laughs> they, they played a good game against the Celtics. Nerlens Noel, actually. Yep. Had a well, huge game. Well, I think they're a tough matchup for us because they have all those monsters, and we yeah. don't, you know, it's that they they just out rebound us like by a thousand. You know? Yeah, it shows the it shows the huge hole in yeah. as far as the rebounding goes. Mm-hmm. It really exploits it. So, uh, what's kind of your key to win that matchup? I mean, it's you know keeping. Um, well, is Embiid? Was he? Is he? He's playing now. I, he was hurt. Didn't he miss a game Friday? I think so, yeah. All right, but he's supposed to play. I mean, because if, if he doesn't play, it's a totally different matchup. But yeah, I believe so. It's on Wednesday, so yeah. Okay, so he's he'll. Um, yeah, they're a tough matchup just because they can grind us out inside, you know, and totally dominate the boards. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, we're gonna need uh, Horford's gonna have to play big, you know. Amir's gonna have to move some people around. Um, and, and I mean, obviously, if we can score at will, you know, if, if we're shooting the lights out, then it's not as big of an issue. But I think that's the key. I think that's how we was yeah. that the I think the Philly game was part of that like stretch where we had like three straight eighteen three games. Right. I think that was the stretch where we were like almost breaking records of how many threes we we're hitting. Mm-hmm. And so that that helps to shoot over those bigs. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to because you're not getting second chance points against that team. You know, yeah, not it's, it's, <laughs> it's even tough to have Isaiah, you know, cut into the lane just because there's so, so much trees in there. Yeah, exactly. So I think the key is shooting. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be guard play. You got to exploit yep. um, some good wing play. It'll be interesting to see if Jay Crowder is back. I would assume he will be. Yep. Um, and then we head to Chicago. So we got a quick turnaround. It's going to be. That's back to back. Yep. Yep. And uh, eight o'clock game on TNT. Mm hmm. Uh, we talked about the Bulls a little bit earlier, and they're just, it's weird what's going on there. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I always thought that was a weird, it was like they, they just signed Dwayne Wade because he was the guy that would come there, you know? Yeah. Like, they didn't actually, they couldn't, I, I, I didn't really make a ton of sense, and it still doesn't. I mean, he makes them a little better, but I, like you said before, I mean, they, they should probably be playing guys like Valentine to see what they have there instead of, Dwayne Wade, but um, I, I wonder. You, you think that they would go the other route and instead of trading Butler, trading a lot of the pieces around him? I mean, it seems like they'd like to get rid of Rondo, but aside from him, like um, you know, Wade, you know, is there a place for him? He's on such a huge deal, I, right? <laughs> I, just, I can't imagine that a team would be like, "Oh yeah, I'll take a chance on like a five-year Dwayne Wade who's going to be thirty-eight when the contract expires." Right. Like, I just right. I can't imagine that that some team is going to be so interested in, in trading for Dwayne Wade, unless there's a lot of really appealing pieces with it. Right. Yeah. So like I, uh, I saw that the Cavs were linked to Rondo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. And it'll be interesting to see kind of what the bulls have at the deadline. Cause I'm, I'm amazed that they haven't rattled something off yet. Mm-hmm. They've been quiet. 
but yeah, I don't think I by Thursday I think they should still have the same lineup I would expect. Right. Yeah. Well, um, any any big pieces aren't getting moved until the deadline. You know, like Danny was talking the other day on um, our local radio show there, uh, Toucher and Rich, and he was saying his weekly interview, and he's talking about. They're asking him about, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, people have been calling us about a lot of players. We've been calling about a lot of players. But it's even now, it's it's not at the point where people are, you're not getting prices. What's it going to cost to get a guy? You're just inquiring if they're available, you know? And then when teams decide how many different teams have inquired about, you know, particular player, then they kind of flesh out, well, geez, we'd like to get this from this team and this from this team. And they kind of set the price that way. Yeah. And that goes, and especially when it comes to like star players or, you know, all-star type players, I mean, that's going down to the wire because they're going to try and get the best deal possible. Yep. So I saw that the Celtics are like nine and two on the second night of back to backs. Mm -hmm. So, and that's been the case for all of, all of Brad Stevens career. We've always been the case last year too. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be the last game before the all-star break. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the outlook for the next week. Do mm-hmm. you think? Uh, what are kind of your thoughts, predictions? I mean, I, 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 they could easily win all three games. Um, I, I find it hard to believe they lose more than one, one of them. You know, I, I guess I, they, they, they should be two and one. You know, yeah. I, I'd be happy with two and one. But um, I, I guess you know, it's, it's Dallas is better than their record. And, you know, Chicago's, uh, you know, I, we should, I think Philly's maybe the tougher matchup than Chicago, just based on the big guys. Yeah, I think based on actual, like, assignments, I think. The matchups, right. Yeah. Tough game. So, all right. Um, anything you're working on for next week? Um, not yet. No, not not yet. Although I did see uh, NBA.com posted last week for um, – Isaiah Thomas's birthday. I don't know how I missed this. They posted a video of his best play from every game so far this year. So I might throw that up on the blog. I, was, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm, we're absolutely going to be working on some all-star stuff. Yeah, uh, definitely. There will always be trade rumors. Justin will have you covered on that. Mm-hmm. And maybe next week we'll do a uh, trade bonanza um, podcast. You know, yeah, absolutely. Breaking down all the rumors, not even just Celtics, like around the league. Yeah, and uh, probably a mini recap of the all-star game, how Isaiah did, stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely check out the podcast next week. Um, and also, you check out links to the top of CelticsLife.com where we have a huge variety of shirts, hoodies. You can even get tickets to the next game from that kind of headline on top of the top of the website. Also, for you listeners, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, SoundCloud, and MixCloud. And you can make sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you like what you're here, be sure to rate us five stars so that you know it'll help out with getting other people to see us, stuff like that. Uh, and if you don't like something, you have a suggestion, make sure to let us know. You can reach us on Twitter. I'm going to try and use hashtag Celtics Life Podcast to kind of get some fun stuff up for you guys while we're listening, while we're talking about stuff. Um, and you can always tweet at us or send us emails or comment on Celtics Life, stuff like that. Because uh, we're always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage that you want just the way you like it. So that's all I got. Mark, anything right. else? It's good with me, man. Have a good week. All right. Yeah, you too.